honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hooligan Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Welcome back on board to talk about Timberwolves basketball once again today. And ladies and gentlemen, we have four games to review. And well, the Timberwolves end up going one and three. <laughs> Did we deserve better? Absolutely. As fans, yes. As as the players, I don't know. Uh, they didn't want it enough, I guess, at the end of the day. And I'm not saying that in a mean way. It's just, I don't know. I mean, if they wanted it so badly, <laughs> I think the Sacramento game and Denver game, I think were very, 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 very winnable. Uh, great job in the Atlanta game and the Oklahoma City game, whatever, on Christmas Day. Not. It's like, welcome to Christmas Day basketball, now go home. That's basically what happened there. But uh, one, luckily, the Wimbledon's have been wonderful in the back-to-back situations with this young group of players. Very helpful there. So let's go to Friday, December the 23rd. Timberwolves lose 109-105 to the Sacramento Kings in Target Center, the uh, in the middle of renovation Target Center, at least, especially in the summertime. They'll finish all that big-time work up. Uh, it's like, where do, how, how do I even start with this? Uh, just too much boogie, I guess, as they call him. I, I don't like him very much, but it is what it is. I had some train of thought, and it was bouncing away. I don't know what's going on. But overall, Levine, DeMarcus Cousins, leading the way for their respective clubs. Zach Levine, the third Timberwolf, the third of the big three, to reach the 40-point mark. He was scorching the net the whole game. 7 of 12 overall from beyond the arc. He even added six rebounds along the way, a couple assists and such. 13 of 21 from the floor, and when Zach's hot, feed him, and the Wolves did that. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, this is an example of what people don't like about him. Um, this is like Zach, uh, This is like Andrew Wiggins as a rookie right here. You saw a lot of games like this. 15 points, no rebounds, one assist. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> 6 of 19 from the floor. That's pretty lousy. Uh, not happy with that performance. And I love Andrew Wiggins, but a very Terrell Brandon-like uh, Terrell Brandon-like game, and of course he just had to miss one of the four free throws he attempted, and he missed all six from downtown. His shot, his shot selection needs to improve. Like if I'm the Bruce Boudreaux, like you know how he likes to be, like he likes to say things, you know, after the press conferences, if certain players aren't up to his standards when he knows they're better, and of course Tom Thibodeau, but I'm not sure Tim Thibodeau calls out players necessarily, he calls out the group. But Andrew Wiggins, this needs to stop. I mean, this needs to stop games like this. I like him a lot, but this in-and-out style is why people are comparing him to Rudy Gay. A 20 points a game, not really good at anything, not really great at anything, good at this and that, but not great at anything type of player. I think Andrew's better than that, and he needs to show it. A, a game like this is not up to standards at all. Carl was strong down low, but of course Boogie was stronger, or DeMarcus Cousins, or whoever. Um, Dorgie was on him... Most of the game, actually, but then Carl was on him on, at times as well. Costa Kufos actually was pretty strong. The former Timberwolf, some of you remember him, some of you don't. He was, he was a, he's always been a decent, solid player who can play 20 to 25 minutes a game, and good for him. Uh, no Rudy Gay in the game, which is funny to think about. But o- overall, I mean, DeMarcus Cousins kind of had his way with the Wolves over and over again. And of course, for like the 90th time, Anthony Tolliver scorching the Wolves from the outside. 
He did it with Detroit. He did it with other teams, and he's done doing it again here with the. Uh, he, he did it with Atlanta in the past, and here he is again with the Sacramento Kings now. Five of seven from three point range from Anthony Tolliver. What the hell? Uh, remember back in the day when he was here, and it was like, wow, he hit a three pointer. What what year was his last one? Well. It's like every couple of minutes with Anthony Tolliver when he's in the game. 30 minutes, 17 points. Again, 5 of 7 from beyond the arc. Yikes. Um, nobody was on him uh, time and time again. Andrew Wiggins should have been on him on occasion. Gorgie Zhang. Uh, Gorgie's the best, one of the better defenders on the team. But this game just... I don't know. The Wolves just simply got beat in this one. And that's about all there is to say. Uh, Nemanja Bialica. It's like, here we go again. Another 10, 11 minutes and didn't do hardly anything. I mean, he got one rebound. He shot poorly the couple of attempts he had, like barely grazing the rim. Woohoo! Uh, Shabazz Muhammad only one attempt in the game, but he made three of four free throws. Of course, he had to miss one of them. Very crucial free throws when you need them most. Chris Dunn missed free throws two out of three. What the hell? How can you miss two out of three free throws in a game? Uh, and in this performance or this situation here, Thibodeau shortening the bench even more. Cole Aldrich barely even getting in the game five minutes, and he managed to get two rebounds along the way. So you didn't really see Jordan Hill or Cole Aldrich hardly in this one. Disappointing, of course. And another, the the Wolves lost by three earlier in the year. They lose by four in this case. This was way back on October 29th, of course, after Marcus Sol beat up on Carl Anthony Towns. This time around, again, they put Gorgie on DeMarcus Cousins, but it was a pretty similar result here. Just kind of had his way, including a reverse play that just made you just roll your eyes. Like, oh, come on. Can't you get on him a little better than that? I know he's good, but my God, just let him walk to the rim, why don't you? And that's basically what took place in that situation. Just very, very frustrating. Don't even want to talk about it anymore. This is another game I don't want to talk about. Christmas, December the 25th. This may, these, these reviews may be fairly short, except um, the, the last two should be a bit better, I think. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Fun game early on, but by the midpoints of the game, second and third quarters, Oklahoma City just ran away with it, and the fourth quarter was pretty much a wash, just kind of paralleling the 12-point deficit, 13-point deficit, 14-point deficit, 10-point uh, deficit. That's all it pretty much was the rest of the way. The fourth quarter was pretty much meh basketball out there at best, and that's why you saw very, um, you didn't see a whole lot of guys playing a whole lot of starters playing in that fourth quarter as we got closer and closer to the end. And that's understandable. Uh, Chris Dunn, even a decent amount of minutes. He, he looked okay. He did, a, he did a decent job on Westbrook for somebody who's definitely overmatched in that situation. You got to see Jordan Hill play very extended minutes in this one. Not sure if he's being showcased for a possible trade, which would not surprise me at all. But he did have a 4.6 rebound performance. Like his rebounding. Shot selection, not so much. Uh, shooting more from the outside than up close. I don't know why. Uh, he had one re, uh, He had one of his two baskets. It was a nice mid-range shot, but I don't know. I remember Jordan Hill being a more aggressive player in his past, and I, I don't know. I, I Not that impressed, but at least he, he rebounded the ball fairly well along the way. Uh, Carl only eight rebounds in the game, but Ricky Rubio in the previous game and in this one, solid, 10 assists, but again, zero offense whatsoever. Only one of four from the floor from Ricky Rubio, barely visible. He basically had an and one, and that's it. That's all he had was an and one offensively and missed the other three shots he took. Nothing special whatsoever. Nemanja Bielitsa, another 12 minutes of nothing. I mean, there's just, why even talk about it, right? I mean, Nemanja Bielitsa played 12 minutes and he did basically nothing. I mean, seriously, Adrian paid three. Adrian Payne played three minutes. He actually had a rebound and an assist where Nemanja had a basket and a rebound in 12. So it's like, 
Yay, what a great bench. <laughs> At least Tyus Jones equaled the others, and uh, he equaled the two combined. In 3 minutes and 46 seconds, did Tyus Jones. Yes, it's garbage time. And we know Tyus Jones' offensive ability is not bad at all. Would not mind seeing him again. Say if the Wolves do trade Ricky Rubio, because I do think his trade value has increased the past few games here. He played very. He he played well against Sacramento, and he played okay to to decent against uh, Oklahoma City. So it's kind of like, all right, well we'll take it, I guess. Andrew Wiggins was well. He was more aggressive in this one, and he was and he was more sharp, and it was nice to see. But he missed three of eight free throws, and it's got to stop, Andrew. You've got to get better at these free throws if you're going to get anywhere. Uh, this guy is a go-to guy type of player offensively. And his defense isn't that bad. It could, it, it definitely needs improvement. And with this coach, I think it will. But this needs to stop. You've got to make the free throws, Andrew. And the and the and the mediocre to not so good shot selection isn't going to get you anywhere either. Andrew Wiggins definitely. There's a lot more to Andrew Wiggins than what we're seeing. And boy, <laughs> hopefully Tom Thibodeau can get it out of him because some early in the season you saw it and it's gone again. And that happened last year. Early in the season you saw it and then went away and then it came back and went away. Consistency, Andrew. Please, consistency from Andrew Wiggins would be greatly appreciated. Carl was very strong in the game with 26 points along the way. Strong, steady performance, getting down uh, getting down closer to the basket, making all of his free throws as well. Appreciated what you saw from Carl, particularly in the first two quarters, but along the way, things kind of continued to go downhill for the Wolves as Oklahoma City pretty much had their way, especially... Russell Westbrook. Russell Oscar Westbrook, if you know what I mean, along the way. Enos Cantor, again, torching the Wolves on the inside, just abusing the Timberwolves inside. It's like it's like there's nobody there to, to, to stop anyone close to the basket. No rim protection on Enos Cantor. He just had he just had his way for the with the Wolves when he when he would drive to the basket and he'd get these open dunks. Again, very poor transition defense in this game. And you'll see even worse transition defense in the Denver game as he racked things up. 12-point loss on Christmas Day, but at least you got to see the Wolves on Christmas Day. And I'm very happy, very happy that the Cleveland Cavaliers won. And go ahead and say it was a foul and all that, but okay, sure. Um, I'm sure Golden State's never fouled anybody and got away with it either. So we'll just kind of move on from that. <laughs> like there weren't about 15 of those in the Wolves game earlier this season. No, I'm, I'm not bitter about that at all. Monday, December the 26th, back-to-back game. Atlanta Hawks, I picked a win here, and we got it, baby. We got it. Gotta like that. 104-90 for the Wolves. And you got now you got to see Dwight Howard and Carl go against each other. And Dwight Howard was extremely efficient in only 21 minutes, of course, playing with the bad back. He was able to get a putback from Dennis Schroeder, as I'm still strange about that one. I keep thinking Schroeder, but it's Schroeder. With the little, uh, you know, the whole trailer situation, bounce it off the backboard and dunk for Dwight Howard. You could tell he's not the athlete he once was. He is not. And of course, when you have a sore back, you're not going to look athletic at all. Uh, Thabo Cephalosha, what the hell? He looked actually offensively, offensive minded in this one. And he kind of had his way from outside against the Wolves. Andrew Wiggins, not the best defensive performance for him, but he was solid in the game. Of course, he missed one of his free throws. It's like the guy is shooting, I swear, like 60% from the line this month. It's pathetic. Drives me nuts. Um, it's crazy, though. Dwight Howard and Carl Anthony Towns, perfect from the floor in this game. That's incredible. And combined 17 for 17 when you put the two guys together. Maybe give them the ball a little more would be nice. But, of course, foul trouble for Carl Anthony Towns limited his minutes in this one. Also, the fact the Wolves were playing so well in this game. Eh, you know, it's okay 
to sit him down. Rubio, again, another one of four from the floor. Same old thing. I mean, that, how many times have you seen Rubio go one for four for the, from the floor? He did get his 10 assists, and that's great, but pretty much nothing else from Ricky Rubio. Great to see the assist, though. You saw some nice passes from Ricky down the stretch. Chris Dunn was decent off the bench, but certainly no offense in general, and that's what's keeping Ricky Rubio getting more minutes from Dunn for the most part, because Dunn's, Dunn's offense wasn't so good in this game either. You saw a little tiny bit of Jordan Hill, but a very Nemanja Bialica-type performance. <laughs> a much better Nemanja Bialica performance against Atlanta, but still awful shooting. He sucks from three-point range. I say stop. I say stop. No more threes from Nemanja. Maybe one or two a game tops. 0 for 5 from the floor. It's always off the side of the rim or an air ball. And oh, he made it. Oh, one's in a blue moon, but 0 for 5 in this one. And it was just putrid. Um, it, it certainly damaged the three-point percentage for the game as Andrew Wiggins, Zach Levine, and even Carl Anthony Towns were insane from three-point range in this one. The Wolves shot almost 50% from three, despite the Nemanja Bialica be Alita over five in the game. You saw six of nine from Levine, who's been just on fire. Again, I said Carl made all three of his, which is crazy. And Andrew Wiggins was sharp in the game. Not aggressive, but he was shooting well in the game. That, okay, if he's shooting well, we can, we can handle the shots. <laughs> we can handle him just shooting the ball, the old stop and pop. And, of course, his three-point shot, when it's on, it's a, it's a very nice, silky, smooth shot with a nice arc. Definitely at least the second best three-point shooter on the roster, I think. Particularly when he's on. <laughs> um, when he's on, he's, you know, I th- I really like his motion on his shot, the release, everything. Um, I think he has the potential to be a 45% three-point guy along the way. And Zach Levine, absolutely. 45%. Maybe Wiggins is closer to 40, 38 to 40, but it's a nice shot. And we'll take it, especially when he is hitting, <laughs> without a doubt. This was a fairly easy game for the Wolves, believe it or not. Paul Millsap got the worst of an elbow along the way when going for a re- what he had a put-back type of play. Elbowed right in the face. Um, looked kind of nasty. There was some blood coming out. It was actually in his eye and felt bad for him a bit. I, I like Paul Millsap, and he struggled the rest of the night in this one. I can't, I can't imagine why, after that happening, only 2 of 13 from the floor was Paul Millsap, who was awfully good last time around when the Wolves played in Atlanta only a week before. A 92-84 victory for the Wolves. So the Wolves sweep the Atlanta Hawks. Very cool. It's a nice, nice and impressive performance for the Wolves once again against Atlanta. Wednesday, December the 28th. Wednesday, December the 28th. I picked the Wolves to lose this game because it seemed like Denver always pulls away at the end, and they did it again. 105-103, Denver over the Wolves. Denver's got a little better record. They're only four games under 500, so they're not too bad, ultimately, for... Yeah, I mean, they're not doing bad. Uh, Danilo Garonario is always going to hit his shots. He's going to get all excited. There were there was absolutely no transition defense in this game. Absolutely none. Zero. Despite the fact Andrew Wiggins was scorching the net in the first half. <laughs> 20 points in the first half, 5 in the second. That is bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> certifiable bullshit. Like... Only five points in the in the second half. Just not taking very good shots. He made one that looked, it was like ill-advised, but at least it went in. Woohoo, that type of thing. Uh, guy draped over a mid-range shot. Not the, most, not the most difficult place on the floor, but again, a guy draped over him. Luckily, he made it. 11 of 20 from the floor was Andrew, but very, very disappointing at the free throw line. Missing key free throws late in the game. Missing both of them, which could just make you want to break the TV set. 
or whatever you're watching on your, your mobile device. One of four from Andrew Wiggins. Awful. Um, 20 points in the first half. Again, consistency, Andrew. Consistency. Consistency, Andrew. I love you, Andrew. I really do. Consistency would be appreciated. A trap game for all the Ruby Obos out there that just cannot, cannot understand that this guy, <laughs> he's a good floor general. He's got a nice, he's got a, he's got a good attitude and everything. And he, you know, change of face, smile, enjoy it. I, I appreciate that. But this is a trap game. When you look at the statistics, just the statistics, 18%, 18 points and four steals, seven assists, eight rebounds. Looks like a good game. And he, and you know, the shots he made were nice and everything, but he clanged nine shots in this game, man. One of seven from three point range. Eventually, you got to say you need to slow down from three-point range, and Zach Levine got cold from three. I expected more out of Zach in this one, too. Only two of eight from the floor from Zach Levine. 25% a lousy three-point night for the Wolves. Seven of 25 from beyond the arc. Just, mm. Andrew Wiggins again hit those nice threes early in the game. They were basically back-to-back threes, and it was pretty cool to watch. It was exciting. Maybe Andrew's going to have one of those 33, 35-point nights, and the Wolves will pull this out. Usually you see Zach play well against Denver. Zach and Carl. Zach, not so much. And Carl starting out the game was the opposite of Andrew Wiggins. He was missing most of his shots. He, he was struggling. But then you notice, it's like, this guy's racking up the assists because Andrew, he was hitting Andrew for a lot of these nice shots. And we appreciated that. And he was hitting Gorgie in stride, who was very good in this game. 9 of 11. And it was an inside job. <laughs> 9 of 11 from the floor. 20 points. Eight rebounds in the game. Uh, going in stride, hitting a nice mid-range shot. Really like what Gorgie brought. Very uh, competitive, aggressive performance from Gorgie Zhang. But again, this one's on everybody when it comes to the transition defense. I mean, these guys, it was a layup line. And <laughs> Jim Peterson said it said it perfectly when, when, he, when he voiced that. It's a layup line. What the hell is this? And why is Nemanja Bialica playing 18 minutes when he makes no shots? 0-5 from the floor. No shots from Nemanja Bialica. Didn't get to the free-throw line either, and whatever. When Who's going to follow Nemanja Bialica? He'll just let him miss the shot. I mean, 18 minutes of nothing? You need more from your bench, baby. You need more from the bench. You really do. Oh, Nemanja, you stink, man. He stinks. And I'm, I, I hate to say it, but he stinks right now. Uh, Wilson Chandler. And again, this was symbolic with the game that Andrew Wiggins had. As strong as he was in that first half, Again, like he missed the free throws along the way that were so important, but he was blocked from behind by Wilson frickin' Chandler. And I know he's a good defensive player, but you gotta be stronger than that. You can't be blocked from behind by Wilson frickin' Chandler. And he was. He was blocked from behind. It was devastating. It would have tied the game. And then you had a crazy play, crazy wacky play. Sent Levine going backwards after the basketball. Luckily, the Wolves got it back. Thank God. Levine put up a shot from pretty far away, and of course he, he missed because he wasn't on this night. It would have won the game for the Wolves on the road. I'm not mad with the shot selection because there was nobody even on him at that point, but he was so far away because he was pretty far away, I should say, about 28 feet away from the basket. And it rimmed out. <sighs> Bummer. Um, the Wolves end up not winning the game. Danilo Garanari drives me nuts. Uh, Jokic. This is the really crazy statistic, too. You know, Carl had his 10 assists, very strong on the game, hitting guys in stride, and, of course, hitting Andrew Wiggins, kicking it out to him for three from three-point range, which was nice. He racked up a couple assists that way, at least a couple of them. But Jokic, Jiminy frickin' Christmas. Guys all over him, knocking the ball away. 
Rubio tried to get it. Carl just about had it. And then next thing you know, he's swinging the ball to a wide open uh, Wilson Chandler driving to the basket. Or was it Gary Harris? Gary Harris getting to the basket for a dunk. Just give me a break. Gary Harris, very strong. And another reminder of Michigan State torching Minnesota again. <laughs> Michigan State beating Minnesota also in college basketball by one freaking point. Horrible shot selection by the Gophers now, and they should have won that freaking game. And it drew a lot of... Uh, a lot of words that you don't want to say on the air very often unless you want a nice red E next to it. And I try to avoid that but because that's just not my style of radio. Even though it's fun to listen to, it's not my style of, you know, it's not my style behind the mic. But maybe it will be if some of this kind of stuff keeps up. Jokic just, ugh, how do you not get the ball away from Jokic in that situation? And why the hell is Shabazz Muhammad sleeping on the play? Stay on your man. And he didn't stay on his man. Uh, just total bull. I mean, Shabazz Muhammad was the closest guy to him. Stay to, stay on him. Very simple. Instead, he's like a mile behind him. Whatever. And it's a typical, it was symbolic of the whole game. Typical. Very typical. Just a, a layup line. And, you know, they score 105 points. That's not the biggest number. So if you were able to play a slightly better transition defense in this game, the Wolves would have won. But guess what? They didn't. So there it is. The Wolves lose by two. Um, the Wolves trailed by a lot more for quite a while, and it was a nice, valiant comeback led by Carl Anthony Towns, who stepped up in a big way. So give him credit uh, for making the comeback. But finish it, damn it. I mean, you were there. You had a chance to win the game. Why not steal it? And, you know, why not, again, screw that stupid layup line crap, and then you won't be down by 11, 12, 13 points the whole effing game until the last couple of minutes. But it is what it is. Let's move on. Whew, Alpha Wolf Award for this week? I have no idea. No idea who's going to get it for this week. I, I guess, you know, it's tough. I mean, Andrew Wiggins frustrated me. Carl was strong for the most part throughout the course of this week. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a slight nod to Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, Zach Levine, honorable mention, very close. Too bad he shot poorly in that Denver game. He would have definitely stole it away from Carl. But Carl Anthony Towns will get the Alpha Wolf Award for the week. And the <clears throat> Johnny Finn Memorial, it's got to go to Bielitsa again. Just a whole lot of nothing. Or maybe to Tom Thibodeau for having Bielitsa out there. What's the point? And at the same time, I can understand why. <laughs> They're looking for big man help. A veteran big man of some sorts to help out off the bench. Or maybe start and put a Gorgie to the bench. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not in a huge rush to put Gorgie on the bench. But it depends on who you get, I suppose. So there you go. Um, it is what it is. Let's wrap things up. We'll come back, preview only three games. And I want to, again, say real quick, before we wrap up this segment, I hope you had a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all that. Uh... I hope you did have a happy, uh, have a Merry Christmas, though. I wish the Wolves played better on that game. I'm a big Christmas supporter, yes. <laughs> Staring at the three right now. So, <laughs> very, very uh, pro-Christmas. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, I just want to wish you again, as we head closer to the end of the year here, hope you have a happy uh Happy New Year, happy uh, rush into 2017, as a lot of us want to rush into it. Some of you don't. I don't know. But we'll talk about that later. I don't even know why I'm getting into it yet. So what needs to improve with this team? Let's start with the word consistency. Consistency. 
And we are back for segment number two. Previous segment, going to do three games here. The last game of the year, and we head into 2017, Friday, December the 30th. The Minnesota Timberwolves host the Border Battle, the Border Rivals, the Milwaukee Bucks with their new uniforms, semi-new uniforms. They're 500, second place in the Central Division in the Eastern Conference, but only nine games behind the first place uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. So good good luck with that, or I guess eight and a half games. Sorry. Sorry. Um, Middleton's been out with hamstring surgery for quite a while. <laughs> Teletovich, the guy who killed us with the uh, Houston Rockets last year, uh, is sick at the moment, but he nailed that three-pointer, which beat us last year. That was the Suns, sorry to me, not the, not the Rockets, the Suns last year. That was frustrating. Uh, like this, is the, this is the team with the Greek freak, and of course the Wolves did pass on him. He was in between Gorgie and... And uh, Mr. Shabazz Muhammad, I would have taken uh, Greek Freak over Shabazz Muhammad. Is it is it safe to say that now? Is that is that is that being bandwagon or is, is that not being a true Timberwolves fan to say that I I, I, I wish the Wolves took uh, the Greek Freak instead of uh, Mr. Uh, Shabazz Muhammad? Am I being a loyal fan for saying that? Well, you know what? Yeah, I'm loyal, pretty pretty damn loyal because I've been around since '91. But maybe you haven't been around quite that long. Some of you that would like to say that. Uh, the Greek freak Giannis, yeah, you get the idea. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, 23 and a half a game, six assists, nine rebounds. The guy does a whole lot of everything. Not a little bit of everything, a whole lot, and he makes his shots. Very athletic. One of the best players, one of the best up-and-coming players in the league. Really impressed with the Greek freak. Again, Shabazz Muhammad and the Greek freak, I don't know about that. Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins, there might be a little bit of a competition between those who, after all, remember how they were looked on as by far the two stars of the 2014 draft, Jabari Parker. After, of course, the rookie year plagued with the ACL injury and a, and a slow start, but of course, Andrew didn't start fast either, but the ACL right after the slow start. And, um, yeah, oh boy. Uh, and then last year, he was all right, you know, 13 points a game, 14 points a game, but now... Now he's pushing the envelope a little bit, a little under, or a little over 20 points a game. Certainly a better rebounder than Andrew. Uh, similar, though, in the assist department, one, two a game, whatever. A very solid player, more aggressive than Andrew Wiggins in terms of, he's more physical, but Andrew Wiggins certainly gets to the free throw line more often. Andrew Barry Parker playing a, you know, second fiddle role behind the Greek freak at this stage. What a what a nice team this Milwaukee Bucks club is, actually, to be quite honest. Uh, Middleton is a nice player. Just imagine if he was available. And, of course, Teletovich, if I could say it correctly, a decent three-point shooter. Better, and he was better last year, though. I'm kind of surprised it's been as low as it has. And Thonmaker, only 12 games so far. I would like to see him play extended minutes at some point, just to, just to see what he can do out there. Only averaging four minutes a game and very, very, very limited action. Same thing for Steve Novocaine, Mr. Novocaine, barely even seeing the light of day. Terry, Jason Terry, very old, coming off the bench. You, you know, he's a... Kind of a kind of a relic from a different era of the NBA at this stage, uh, unfortunately. God bless him. You got Matthew Delladova, a very aggressive, defensive-minded Aussie from the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers not that long ago. I'm surprised. He, it's like he got almost no playing time last year, but it was just fine because Kyrie Irving helped lead the charge after going down 3-1. to one. <clears throat> Greg Monroe, not as good as advertised. He's certainly not what I thought he was going to be in this league. I thought he was going to be a better addition to the Bucks. Gosh, I mean, he only plays about half the game, by the way. Um, he's not that good, and it, it's kind of sad to see that. He's definitely dropped off the last couple of years. You got a homecoming from Michael Beasley. Oh, goody. Little spark plug off the bench, about eight points a game so far this season. <sighs> kick his butt if you could out there. That'd be nice. You know, somebody needs to kick his ass. 
<laughs> no, I don't know. He can he can he can, he can hit from the three point range strong this year. I like this Bucks team without. If I don't have to look at Michael Beasley, I don't like him at all. <laughs> I can't stand him after he really was a disappointment here, and he's just a dummy, just a dumbass. Um, man, the poor Bucks, they had to play Cleveland back-to-back games. How crazy is that? A home-and-home home with the Cavs on the 20th and 21st, both losses by a fairly narrow margin. The Cavaliers taking care of business there. The Bucks, though, again at 500, they're they're improving. They're hanging around in that Eastern Conference. I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they should. I like Jabari Parker. It'll be nice to see now Parker versus Wiggins. This is going to be a fun matchup, I think, that you may see Gorgie on Parker at the same time. But and I don't know. It kind of depends. I would put Gorgie on uh, the Greek Freak and then Wiggins and Parker. But we'll just have to wait and see. Monroe, of course, and Carl, that type of deal. Um, this will be a fun matchup to see just how our guys stack up against them and such. Again, of course, Wiggins and Parker will be a great mano a mano. I think the Wolves... I don't know. Uh, the Bucks haven't been playing well, particularly of late, but they did actually. But then again, their most recent game, they destroyed the Detroit Pistons, which is pretty impressive on the road, considering how the Wolves got destroyed by the Pistons. I'm going to go with the uh, Bucks. Uh, yeah, I don't like this matchup for the Wolves. I think the Greek Freak's going to have his way against us most of the night. I can just see it happening. He's going to go off for like 28, 33 ish. The Wolves will struggle, but if the Wolves do win the game. Obviously, you know Andrew Wiggins will have to have that. Will have to win his matchup with Parker. It's going to be a big one between those two, and I'm talking like a really nice win for Andrew Wiggins for the Wolves to win this game. That's just my opinion. Of course, it'd be nice to see Carl Anthony Towns hopefully take advantage of Greg Monroe, who's been disappointing as long as he doesn't get blocked from behind by the freak or by Parker, something like that. But <laughs> that's that's the fear. Parker's a good defensive player as well. Um, but if the Wolves win this game, I think it would be because uh, Andrew Wiggins steps up for this this uh, mano-a-mano deal. Number one pick versus number two pick in the 2014 draft. That would be why the Wolves win the game and why the Wolves lose is because, you know, <laughs> the Greek freak is going to go off and Parker will definitely have his way as well. If, say, if, like, Andrew Wiggins just does not show up at all, it'll be a, that, would, that would make it a, probably a fairly ugly game. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the Bucks winning, though, unfortunately. I'm going to go with 108 to 100 Bucks win. And the Greek goes for 30-ish, unfortunately. New Year's Day, Sunday, January the 1st. The Minnesota Timberwolves host the Portland Trailblazers. It's crazy. We haven't played them this year, have we? Not yet. And, of course, you got four games against every team. All 20, uh, 2017, you got March 6th, March 25th, and April 6th. So those will be fairly close together. This one way back on the first here. Damian Lillard has a sprained left ankle at the moment. And if, if he's out, the Wolves will definitely win the game. C.J. McCollum, obviously very dangerous guy from the outside as well. <sighs> How can you not like what C.J. McCollum brings to the table? Ultimately averaging over 20 points a game again. You know, he has been very strong. Of course, Damian Lillard's definitely the franchise player. We all know that. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know why George Carl would rip Damian Lillard, like saying he's one of the, he's the Portland Trailblazers' problem. I, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not... I don't understand where that came from. I, I think Damian Lillard is the reason why the Blazers exist, and he definitely was good against the uh, Golden State Warriors on occasion last year. Dumb shots by other guys on this team. I mean, Lillard doesn't always take the best shots, but he's better than anybody else in this club. Uh, you saw some really dumb ones last year by uh, Farika Mino and such. 
ill-advised uh, shot attempts, but let's not think about that. Lillard's averaging about 27 points a game. I mean, he is uh, he's the closest thing to Steph Curry, probably other than Steph Curry, I would have to say. He's not that sharp from three-point range so far this year, but certainly a scoring machine. Where McCollum definitely is scorching the net, 43%. That would be the reason why the Wolves lose is a McCollum. Uh, obviously, Lillard's going to get his, but if McCollum is hot from the three-point range and the Wolves can't keep up with him, it's game over, in my humble opinion. Um, and he's been the reason why the Wolves have lost so many games. Lillard, again, he's just going to get his. I mean, that's common sense, obviously. Uh, the Blazers have lost four games in a row before recently beating the Sacramento Kings, and they will play the Spurs at San Antonio before they play uh, us. i got to think that's a loss for the Portland Trail Blazers, who are definitely struggling. Uh, we're in last place in this division. If we're going to start moving up, Blazers are the next team to catch in the Northwest, 14-20, and 20, about three games ahead of the Wolves, four games ahead of the Wolves at this stage. So let's uh, let's start that little climb. It is three games because <laughs> that's, yeah, we played less games than them. That's why. Yeah, that's what it is. We played less games than the Blazers at this stage. So let's take advantage of it. Let's catch up and do something with it. CJ McCollum, definitely a threat. Andrew Wiggins in the past has played well against the Blazers, but they do not have a very good front court. So take advantage of it. Hopefully get the ball to Carl Anthony Towns down low. And that's definitely a huge key. For the Wolves against the Blazers, they no longer have Robin Lopez there. Not a whole lot going on down low for the Blazers. Obviously, no more Mr. Uh, LaMarcus Aldrich, who I still contend isn't that great of a rebounder. Uh, Mason Plumley is their top guy in the rebounding category, only 7.6. And not much of a defensive presence down low. Carl Anthony Towns is the key to the victory for this one. Again, Wiggins has had a good history against Portland, but I do think Carl Anthony Towns is definitely the key for this one. He needs to go off for 30-ish, and I think he absolutely can against this not very not very good uh, team down low. I mean, Mayers Leonard does not bring much to the table. In fact, hardly anything. And Mason Plumley, okay, he has some athletic moments here and there, but overall, Carl should be able to manhandle this guy. Great field goal percentage for Plumley, and give him credit there. He, t- he he does what he can, but also he sucks at the free throw line too, so maybe a little hack of Plumley could be in order if it's a close game like near the end, something like that. So Carl Anthony Towns, though, will lead the way for the Wolves in this game. I'm looking at a 30-point 15 rebound type performance for Carl. I'm I see a big I see a big huge game for Carl Anthony Towns and I see a victory for the Wolves, 110 to 100. Minnesota will beat the Blazers by 10 points in Target Center to start off the new year and that'll be great. Then we head to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yes, sir, the Liberty Bell, all that good stuff. <clears throat> Philadelphia Sixers. Oh, they've got seven wins already, already, and they're only one point behind Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Not bad, eh? Not bad. But then they'll still probably be, yeah, they'll be in the top five in the lottery once again. Uh, Joel Embiid definitely leading the way for the Philadelphia 76ers. He's the rookie of the year, almost almost guaranteed at this point, but only because he didn't play the last two years. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have been in competition for it against Wiggins a couple of years ago. Wolves spanked this club earlier this year. This is the only team we've actually played this year so far, back on November the 17th. Fun little game for the Wolves. Joel Embiid definitely will be an interesting matchup against Carl Anthony Towns, Rookie of the Year versus Rookie of the Year. Ila Sova versus Gorgie Zhang will be a nice matchup as well. Jared Bayless has <laughs> played three games off the bench so far. Ah, did a little Okafer. You'll see Carl against Okafer or Embiid. It'll be kind of like in and it'll be kind of interchangeable between the two. Those guys don't get a whole lot of minutes. It's amazing how uh, Joel Embiid is averaging almost 19 points a game and only 25 minutes a game strong. Uh, Wiggins was the best player 
last time around, and I see that again, because I think uh, Carl's going to have his work cut out for him. He's going to be concentrating on hopefully stopping these guys, and he did a good job last time around. He had he still had 25 points last time around, and I think he'll have another game like that. He'll he'll have a mid-20s, low to mid-20s type of game with Carl, but I do see Andrew reaching the 30-point mark against the Philadelphia 76ers. The last couple of years, he's been huge against the Sixers, and history history tends to repeat itself for Andrew Wiggins. Hopefully, this is going to be another one, and he will step up and score 30 points in this game on the road in Philadelphia. The Wolves did. The Wolves had a very uh, disappointing loss in Philly last year, and I think it still stings to this point. It was the Sixers' first win of the year, and I think the Wolves will get the victory this time around, and Andrew will eclipse the 30-point mark, and that will be one of the main reasons the Wolves win. You will get help from Carl Anthony Towns, and, and of course, Zach Levine. He's not going to be one of seven from three-point range and only 11 points like he was last time around. Definitely expecting a better performance by uh, Zach Levine coming up. And yes, he'll be, he'll, he'll be a, it'll be an interesting matchup between him and uh, C.J. McCollum against Portland as well. That'll be fun to watch. Looking forward to that, actually, quite a bit. Uh, don't, don't be surprised to see Zach at 25-ish against Portland. But Carl is the main leader for that one. Wiggins, Wiggins will almost be an afterthought in that game, even though in the past he's had some really nice ones against Portland. But you might see 20-20-20 for all of them, maybe 30 for Carl and then 20 for the other two guys. Don't be surprised if that takes place. I think the Wolves will beat the Philadelphia 76ers on the road, and it'll be a nice little game. You'll, give, you'll see the Sixers not score 100 points in the game, which will be nice. Wolves will shut them down to a decent amount. I don't think they'll be as bad as last time around, though. I don't think Embiid's going to only get 10, and their best player in the game was Dario Saric. Saric. I don't know about that. Dario Saric. <laughs> Sixers couldn't even shoot 40% in that game. Terrible night for them. Covington 0 of 7. That was funny. I don't think it'll be this bad for the Philadelphia 76ers, but I say the Wolves win 100 to... <clears throat> Wolves are going to win 100 to 94 in the game, and... Andrew Wiggins will have his biggest game of the week against the Philadelphia 76ers. So let's put a wrap on that. The Wolves will go two and one. A little bit of a little bit of a rebound here. Wolves will get their twelfth win of the year, and they'll have their twenty-third loss of the year at the same time against the <clears throat> Milwaukee Bucks. Unfortunately, so we'll start off things with the loss and then a two-game win streak for the Wolfies before we head to Boston on January sixth, which will be previewed next week. Hoping for the best here, so we'll take a quick break and have. The fan interaction right after this. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, ready to rock and roll some fan interaction. We'll start things off with a Twitter account, at Wolves Explosion. We have fairly, it's pretty limited this week, but I really appreciate the retweets from Tanae Brown out of New Zealand and Vince Germano of the Courtside Podcast out of Melbourne, Australia, in the Victoria Providence. Congratulations there to the, uh, no, what am I talking about? But no, congratulations on being back on the air again to uh, Vince Germano. Hopefully he feels better. It's nice to hear him back on the Courtside Podcast. Highly, highly recommended. Timberwolves Explosion approved, and they were kind enough to approve Timberwolves Explosion on their website. Thank you very much. Uh, great basketball show on iTunes and Podbean. Uh, there is a subscription 
for the premium shows on the Podbean application, which works just like iTunes in a in a way. It doesn't mirror iTunes like Double Twist does. Like everything I put on iTunes goes on Double Twist. It's a separate entity for podcasting. They put all their shows on Podbean and only the free ones on iTunes. So subscri- so subscribe to both. Obviously, the iTunes is free, just like this one. Just subscribe it on iTunes, whatever. And, of course, for the Podbean, it's $20 for a calendar year. For the season, at least, I believe. I forget exactly how it works, but I believe it is a year. Uh, 20 bucks, and that way you can listen to all the premium shows on the Podbean application, where you can download the show onto the Podbean application for your uh, Android or Apple device. So there you go <laughs> for the Courtside Podcast. Very highly, highly recommended by yours truly. So there's the Facebook page. I'll also give a quick shout-out to the Flips Army Facebook page. What a nice page. And Trevor Wickerin is the creator. Great guy. Met some nice people on there, knowledgeable basketball fans, the Jeff Johnsons of the world. Meeting some new people on there lately. Dre, what a what a what a basketball mind he is, man! I don't know if he's listening. I don't know if he knows about the show yet, but he subscribed to the or not subscribed, but he uh, liked the Purple Mafia page. I accidentally clicked that one, and he didn't click uh, when I invited him. I wanted to invite him over because what a great basketball mind! It'd be cool to hear from him at some point. Um, so the Flips Army page, do give that a like. Uh, but also, please do come to the Timberwolves Explosion Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. There's a phone line also for this show. I might as well mention it now. All of this information will be in the show description as per usual. The call-in line is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Imagine you're calling into Timberwolves Explosion. And do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, opine, whatever it is. Keep it from a minute to three minutes, something like that. If it's 30 seconds, it's 30 seconds. But, you know, uh, if you, uh, like like a one to three minute thing, if possible. Three is probably the maximum, just just because, unless it's like a full-on like segment, like on a special show like State of the Timberwolves, which could be a big, big two-hour type of show, which oftentimes it can develop into that. These regular season shows, though, not so much, unless there's some really big news type of deal. Um... Uh, those of you out there, there is a call now button also, which connects to the exact same phone line through the Facebook Messenger to the sportsstuff.com phone line. Again, it is a voicemail treated the same way. And then there's the audio submission route also for those of you out there. If you want to use your just smart device, whatever, uh, the free recorders on there, free, uh, free recording apps, record it, same thing, treat it the same way exactly, one to three minutes, whatever it is, and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and again, all this information in the show description on iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Let's get on with it, shall we? Yes. So, let's see, were there any comments? There were a couple of shares. Thank you to those of you that were kind enough to share this show. I believe it's Joe Phillips and Tanae Brown. Thank you, guys. That's awesome on Facebook. Um... I posted, before we get to the visitor post, I posted a link to the show that I still say is the best Wolves Timberwolves Explosion episode ever. Episode number 58, State of the Timberwolves 2010. It's crazy. You know, it's six years, six and a half years ago already. Our voices sound different. So if you're curious to hear me and Marcus a bit younger back then. It's weird to imagine. We were, yeah, we sound younger. People, boy, we age faster than we think, don't we? It's awesome. What an awesome, fun show that really was. Visitor post. Let's get on with it, shall we? Yes. Uh, December 21st. Oh, wow. This has been a... Huh. Joe Phillips is saying Merry Christmas all. Yep, this is where we'll leave off. And thank you very much, Joe Phillips, out of Australia. Yep, I was telling him thank you very much for so many great posts and for your friendship. 
And Hank McCoy of that Courtside Podcast says, Ladies and gentlemen, we have a Jordan Hill sighting. It must be Christmas. And it was. And I gotta say this. The uniforms the Timberwolves wore on Christmas Day. Yes. They get a thumbs up, a gold star, and a standing ovation or a sitting ovation because I can't stand up right now. (laughs) Unless you want me to sound weird. Um, Man. Yes. Yes. I love those uniforms. They're great. That would be a nice third jersey, possibly, someday. Uh, black with green. It reminds me of the North Stars. And, uh, yeah, let's try not to think about Norm Green. Because that's what the colors the North Stars wore when that pastor took over the team and eventually moved them to Dallas. To those of us old enough to remember those days. But that black and green looked awesome. It really did. I really appreciated it. It was nice cursive writing and everything. Cool color combination. And the fact they did not have sleeves. Congratulations. Let's I wish we could ditch those black the the current black ones and make that third jersey the black and green. I would be a hundred percent on board with that if it was an option. But unfortunately it probably isn't because of the old I don't even know. I don't know why sleeves are becoming a requirement. I, I don't get it. This isn't college basketball. This isn't WNBA either. No offense to anybody that no offense to the WNBA, but it's different. We're not the WNBA. Let's just leave it as it is, eh? So, I was saying how we let the bastards run all over us as the game moved on. It was really annoying. And Hank says, and Hank, by the way, is from Sydney, Australia. That's like the New York of Australia where you could say Melbourne. I don't know if it's the Los Angeles or like the the Houston or, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe the, (laughs) I don't know, maybe the Phoenix of uh, Australia. Maybe give me a little, uh, give me a little opinion on that one, Vince, if you could. It might be the L.A. because of location and such. And yes, Vince is a Lager fan, but I don't know if he wants to call Melbourne the L.A. or not. He might take that as a compliment, and he might say, well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Let's get on with it. I'm babbling. Hank says, I just think this game was a great game to gauge where this team is at. I mean, there was a, I mean, was there a single T-Wolves fan that thought they were, take, they were walking away with the W? No, no, I didn't think we were going to beat them against old Oscar there. Or should I say young Oscar? He might as well have been on the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> okay, sorry. All in all, I think they put together a good three quarters, though. Yeah. <laughs> I know you weren't trying to be funny, but that's funny. <laughs> Maybe he was a little bit. Maybe kind of in a side way. Because you know how Hank, Vince, and I were kind of like that? Well, you know, it you may, may, may not look like you're trying to be funny, but it's in there. A good three quarters. <laughs> that's symbolic, isn't it? That's the Timberwolves for you this year, and last year, and yeah, and well, in the past they didn't even they didn't put in good one quarter in the Kurt Rambis era. I mean, it was complete BS. They'd win their little fifteen, sixteen games. You know that was great against uh, the other team that won fifty or sixteen games. Maybe we'd get one of the wins there that way. But uh, <laughs> good three quarters. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was saying that fourth quarter was pretty nasty. It gets old. It does show we still have a ways to go. And we do. We do still have a ways to go. Literally, have a long ways to go. And that damn inconsistency is a big problem. And yeah, you're 21, 22. But let's not get, let's not get like the Timberwolves when they started to get to be 25 years old. And it was the Garnett, Rosh, and Asterovich, Wally Zerbiak group. And Terrell, who wasn't 25, he was 30. Um, yeah, let's, let's eliminate some of that, that weakness. Let's not talk about youth forever. Okay, we can go with that excuse for now, but I hope it doesn't last forever. And here we go. We'll wrap up the whole show here. At least a part, at least this this part of it. Well, yeah, mostly. Uh, says, 
please trade for this guy so he doesn't end up in the NBA's black hole as there's a possibility uh, that uh, the Kings interested in trading for Brandon Knight. And that's the Sacramento Kings, and yes, that is the NBA's black hole. I would love to have Brandon Knight. I actually got him on my fantasy basketball team. I play fantasy basketball, not football. I hate fantasy football now. Hate it, and I hate the way people turn it into like, oh, you know, my team this and my team... Okay, yeah, that's great. Bye now. Have a good day. Adios, amigo. But no, I did get Brandon Knight on my team. So, And it's not just because of that, but, uh, you know, I needed a little bit of uh, scoring, a little offense, a little, a little better guard play than I had, particularly. Um... I, w- I would love for the Wolves to get this guy. I think he's very valuable, and I bet his numbers would go up if he came here. I bet they would, because Eric Bledsoe is kind of like the main dog, the alpha dog when it comes to the guard play in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, you wanted some outside shooting for the Wolves to help join Zach Levine out there? You want a C.J. McCollum-ish kind of guy with the Wolves? That's Brandon Knight. Bring him on in. A, a, a bit older version of him, we'll say. I would be all for getting Brandon Knight on the Wolves, and yes, if it meant trading Rubio, it meant trading Rubio. So be it. Get some offensive firepower off the bench. Would be greatly appreciated. Um, and if it's, uh, say, a Rubio for a Netherlands Noel, some kind of package deal, then you start Chris Dunn right away, and you got Tyus Jones for offense off the bench, which I think every Wolves fan in this town would embrace immediately. There isn't a single Wolves fan that I hear right now saying, oh, I don't like Tyus Jones. You know, I'm not as religiously attached to Tyus Jones as some of you out there, but, hey, you know, if he means making a good trade to make the team better and then giving him minutes in, in the in the process, well, there you go there. There you go. That's a good move there. Why not Why not do it there? So, very common sense move for me. I'm not against that at all. And it's not like Chris Dunn would have to play 35 minutes a night. You could keep him to 28 to 25-ish, and then Tyus would play the remainder minutes in that category. Why not give him some offense? And of course, Tyus Jones capable of making some nice passes as well. Off, instant offense off the bench would very quickly, I think, improve this Wolves team because Chris Dunn isn't instant offense off the bench at this stage. So then you have Tyus Jones and at the same time, Chris Dunn will get, will get, will get like fifth starter minutes, we'll call him, if you know what I mean, under 30 minutes a game. But a significant amount of minutes to continue to develop into the guy I think he will be for this team. I think he'll be an 18 points a game player. Whereas Tyus could definitely be a 12 points off the bench. That is a very valuable combination. Rubio is not going to give you any points hardly ever. He'll make his nice passes, but I think Chris Dunn is capable of hooking up other guys as well. Andrew Wiggins is a better passer than people give him credit. He makes mistakes, but he's getting better. Zach Levine, same thing. And of course, Carl Anthony Towns had that triple-double the other night. Some awesome passes, hitting guys in stride, and of course, kicking the ball out to open th- for open threes for Andrew Wiggins, Levine, and such in Denver, Colorado. So let's wrap this up here. Under an hour, eh? How about that? Want to wish all of you a happy New Year. I've never been a big New Year's Eve fan because I think people are too rowdy, and I don't like that kind of atmosphere. I'm not a, I'm not a partier. I don't like to drink heavily. I'll have a, I'm like a one or two by myself, kind of chill type of guy or with a, with a friend, that type of thing. I'm not into that rowdy screaming and yelling, dancing around and acting like an idiot. I'm just not into that. So those of you that are, just be safe, be smart, use common sense, take care of yourself. New Year's Day is better. It's chill. It's quiet. Maybe you could go to a restaurant and it's not crowded. I like New Year's Day way more. And you get to watch the Wolves. Maybe, maybe we'll beat the Bucks that day. Start things out. Or actually, that's not the Bucks game. God, I'm stupid. Portland Trailblazers. You see the Wolves hopefully beat the Portland Trailblazers on that game. And I think they will. So there you go. You could wrap it up, eat some dinner, and come home, watch the Wolves defeat the Portland Trailblazers. Happy New Year to all. Hope you again had a nice Christmas. I will talk to you next week. (laughs) 